Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, we got some breaking news. Our stickers are in. Woo, and they look so good. Yes, they do. We got a, we got a, a decent order of stickers, and we finally uh, pulled the trigger and knocked it out. So if you guys want one, it's pretty simple. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, or Instagram, both. Uh, you should follow us anyways, because we're awesome. Uh, Boom. But... Send us a note, either reply to it saying I want one, or send us a direct message, or slide to the DMs as the children's are saying these days, um, <laughs> and just send us your address. We will get a sticker in the mail to you. You will get that here pretty quick, uh, and we appreciate you guys listening and support. I know a lot of people have already replied to the Twitter and Instagram postings, but we have not met 20 yet, so again, if you guys want one, let us know. We'll ship one to you, but as Bonnie said, they are awesome. They are so awesome. They can go on your car or your laptop or your fridge or your face or your dog. You can put them wherever you want. Um, and they're awesome. Let's not put them on animals. They have not been tested. <laughs> I'm sure they're animal safe. I'm sure they are, too. Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> One of many here on B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. We're killing it. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> oh, now, see, I don't have a fun transition to go from that to our first topic, but um, we'll make it work. Yeah. Pregnant, pregnant pause. <laughs> hey, Bonnie. Hey. Cold outbreak. Uh, I know. So cold. So cold. Like the other side of the pillow. Mm. There's a... Uh, like my heart. Yeah, there's a Stuart Scott uh, ESPN reference there, if you didn't understand that. But... Um, yeah, cold outbreak. According to the Washington Post, it was the most severe cold snap in more than a century to hit the East Coast in early November. So um, history was made. We talked about it last week that the pattern was finally starting to change and it looked like this was going to be a big deal. And lo and behold, it was. It was a huge deal. And I'm telling you, it got really cold around here. And not only that, but the wind was gusting to 50 on Monday, I oh. believe it was. So it was just like little icy knives blowing right through you. It was it was kind of a miserable day, I'll tell you what. And then it just stayed pretty cold the rest of the week. And now it started to warm back up. But it got very cold. Well, that's good. Temperatures were 20 to 30 degrees below normal. Uh, we talked about the Weather Channel, you know, with the stat. And everybody else kind of picked up on it, but over 300 records fell. Uh, Pensacola set a <laughs> Pensacola, Florida, set a record low temperature of 29 degrees, which was 42 wow. degrees colder than the water just offshore in the Gulf of Mexico. Wow! So, you know what? I'm doing the math in my head, and that's a scary thought. 73 degrees is what the temperature was, or 71 degrees is what the temperature was in the ocean. So literally just like, you know, stroll out to the beach, hop in the water, and instantly warm yourself up. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like they're surrounded by a hot tub. Yes, yeah, nature's hot tub. It's fantastic. We had no hot tub here. Oh, I'm sorry, just cold. Just cold. Just straight up cold. Well, one of the cool side effects of the, you know, cold air uh, sitting over the top of the Gulf of Mexico was the, uh, what, what is the proper word I want to use here? The... 
Hmm. It's like cause and effect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, caught it, it caused sea smoke, which is basically water that um, it creates a layer of very thin fog, right? Temperature difference between the surface and the air above it. You know, we obviously get fog with that, but uh, little wisps of it, and it's called sea smoke. And so it looked like the the water in the Gulf of Mexico was getting close to boiling, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. So it was just like steam. So like if you've ever had, you know, like boiling water, you pour it into a cup and you're adding it for tea or coffee and you get that little wisp of steam that comes off of it. That's what it looked like. You can if you're not sure what it looks like, just hop on Twitter. Uh, you can check it out. I know we put it on weather podcast, but just type in sea smoke and you will see it. It looks really cool. Um, you get the same kind of effect like little ponds early in the morning where mm-hmm. it's warmer water in the in the pond. Colder uh, air on the outside. Same thing. A little bit of ground fog. So they call it sea smoke. I thought it was cool. No, it's it's totally cool. And it's like a big giant cup of hot tea, like you said. So, yeah, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, have nature's hot tub. Pretty cool. This is where <laughs> you would also get probably like lake effect snow. Had it been, yeah. you know, with a wind component uh, yeah. and land. I'm trying to think. You wouldn't get it in. Obviously, the water's too warm to create the snow, but you could get, you know, like enhanced shower effect from it, but they didn't. Yeah. And there's no, I mean, there's no land in the Gulf of Mexico that would have seen this, but uh, if you would have put this, you know, kind of scenario, say, in the Great Lakes, you would have ended up with absolutely a lot of enhanced lake effect snow or enhanced showers, but still really cool to see cold air, make it all the way to the Gulf. Like you said, I know you guys in Oklahoma were cold. People in Texas were complaining um louisiana alabama florida georgia everybody was complaining it was just too cold so oh well it was too cold but i i mean i liked it we had a couple of mornings with wind chills in the single digits and i mean luckily we didn't really have very much precip on monday we had some a little bit but nothing really stuck to the ground i actually have a pretty decent picture of a glaze of ice over my windshield that i can post but it didn't really do anything to the roads some of the grass and like leaves on the grass had a little glaze but nothing significant Um, but if we had significant precip in the first two days of this week we probably would have had a pretty decent ice storm going on well hopefully the first of many to come uh, patterns right. changing. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But uh, again, first real kind of, you know, significant cold snap of the season. Uh, again, like I said, a historic storm, historic outbreak um, by pretty much any metric you look like. Uh, a lot of snow up in the uh, Great Lakes, a lot of snow up on the East Coast as you get, you know, toward the top of the Appalachian Mountain chain. But hey, uh, it's winter. It's here <laughs> a little bit early, but man. Uh, I know a lot of people are ready for it, and uh, we're super excited for it, so hopefully the trend continues. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully it continues, and I hope we get some good precip out of it, even if it's just some snow. But I like winter precipitation. I know it causes a headache, but I like it. I I do, too. Listen, I don't mind the city shutting down for a couple snowflakes. Shoot, me either. Like, send me home early from work. Not sad at all. (laughs) Well, one season that is getting close to coming to the official end is the tropics, but they haven't died out completely. Uh, The National Hurricane Center is looking at an area of clouds and thunderstorms that are relatively unorganized out in the Atlantic. Chances for formation are low, 20 to 30% over the next couple days. 
Uh, forecasters are confident that it will be swallowed up by a passing runnel system. But out in the Pacific, and this just changed, so I need to go update it and verify what I have, we have post-tropical cyclone Raymond. And wow. Raymond is at 25 knots, and he is moving north at 16 miles an hour. Maximum sustained winds are 30 miles an hour. And this thing looks like it's going to impact the Baja Peninsula. And it will actually tie into what we'll talk about next here in a minute. But, uh, Bonnie, the tropics aren't dead yet. In addition to post-tropical cyclone Raymond, we have tropical depression 21E also out in the Pacific. This thing looks like it's just going to kind of meander off to the west. It's not going to probably become an actual tropical storm. It might probably just stay a depression, but... Uh, yeah, the tropics are still not dead yet. Well, it's like a little bit of a war between winter and the tropical season ending. What was Raymond? It, was it a tropical It was a tropical storm? storm, yes. And it declined to a subtropical depression in like 12 hours? Yeah. Uh, and since the time that I sent you the show sheet last night, it was tropical storm and now it's post-tropical cyclone. And they have issued their final advisory on it. So apparently it died that quickly. Wow, and that's yeah. why everybody hates Raymond. <laughs> wow, you would go there, but that's awesome. <laughs> Not going to lie, that's awesome. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Just a little throwback for you, that's all. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I'm going back through, I'm just looking at last night's, uh, the forecast advisor for Raymond. Tropical. It was a tropical storm, you know, max sustain 40 knots, gusting to 50 knots. Um, just saying that it would, you know, kind of just move through but yeah they're like oh yeah it'll still remain still remain still remain and then poof done so ran out of fuel and so it's going to get entrained in what and come up into california yeah so it's so that leads us to the next topic next job bonnie with the transitions today we appreciate that um west coast is about to get in the fun so i know that all week you know the eastern two-thirds of the united states we're dealing with cold and snow and just miserable temperatures. Well, out here on the West Coast, uh, it's been, you know, basically downright tropical. And temperatures have been in the 60s. We've had very little rain, if any at all. Uh, beautiful days, lots of sunshine, some fog at night. But we finally get into the into the fun in terms of the colder weather. Uh, Ridge is going to build on the central part of the U.S. And that digs out that trough on the west coast that is now moving its way west and southwest um we get into some precip today as a look at the window it is raining here uh in portland hopefully some mountain snow because we haven't gotten anything um wow the ski resorts are all really nervous that they're not going to be able to open by thanksgiving uh, and now they've kind of postponed any thought of that and they just hope they can be open by christmas yeah which you know wow. is in the middle of usually their ski season so it's uh, something that we are watching to make sure that it happens. But, you know, when you look at, you know, the fun that's coming, hopefully, um, there's just not a lot of precip with it. But Raymond and, you know, what is left of him could get kind of, you know, picked up and thrown into Southern California, into Arizona. Hopefully start to make a little bit of a dent on the drought that they have going on. And, you know, we talked about the wildfires. We talked about everything else that's happening in the mm-hmm. southwest but they really need some precip and hopefully knock on wood that this will you know give them a shot of of some moisture they will get into the rain tomorrow 
and then through midweek before it kind of uh, dies out and heads a little bit east toward you guys. But as of right now, um, you know, it's nice. It's rain, a little bit of mountain snow, not a whole lot. But, hey, we'll I guess we'll make it work. Yeah, I mean, this could be good for California and Arizona. So hopefully Raymond does get caught up in all that and help give them some moisture, um, get them you know, not as dry and everything. So hopefully that's what happens yeah. and hopefully it makes it way, it's way towards us. We could use some precipitation too. Right. Uh, you know, like I said, the drought is pretty serious. Drought monitor conditions are, you know, in a moderate area for most of California and Arizona. Let me pull up the current drought monitor because I don't want to say something that's not correct. Because Lord knows I say plenty enough as it is. Um, <laughs> but when you look at, you know, it's been relatively dry out here. And it hasn't been just one of those things where it's been, you know, that way for a week. It's been that way for a long time. Um, up here in Oregon, we're looking at possibly one of the driest Novembers that we've seen ever. Wow. And, you know, November is one of our rainiest months. And so... You know, when you have a day like today where you're going to maybe get, if you're lucky, squeeze out, you know, a tenth of an inch to two tenths, maybe get a quarter inch of rain, and then nothing for the next six, seven, eight days, you know, that averages out to pretty much nothing across the board. And so it's it's pretty intense. And, you know, um, most of California right now, they're saying is abnormally dry, which is understandable. Again, we've been kind of in this pattern where we've been into high pressure and we haven't had a lot of storms make any movement. Um, obviously, in the four corners, they're in a severe drought. We see that from time to time. Uh, as you get down toward Phoenix, they're in a severe drought as well. Nothing extreme, nothing exceptional, um, but there are areas that are abnormally dry and in a moderate to severe drought through most of the Southwest. So, you know, California, Nevada, Utah, portions of Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, um, yeah, Arizona, Utah, and that's where uh, it kind of looks like. But yeah, they need to uh, they need to definitely get some precip. Well, hopefully they can get some, and maybe this is just kind of a calm before we get into a pretty wet winter. You know, I mean, like you said, it's a Lanada season, so really it's just kind of a crapshoot on what we get and don't get. It'll be hard to speculate what's to come over the next several months so maybe it's going to be active you know who knows yeah and that's one of the thoughts um i know a lot of the people weather nerds up here have been talking about the madden julian oscillation um and if you follow it it's just a pattern of energy that moves across the globe mm -hmm. and it can you know change your weather pattern or it can you know just kind of skip over you and die out and then reappear several hundred miles away which it does from time to time and they were just saying that you know they thought for the most part, that we would start to get in this active pattern. And it had been that way for a long time. But every week, you know, when they'd go through and they'd update it, it just didn't work at that point. So yeah. now the thing that, you know, truly it could be changing, but we're going to see, um, you know, we're looking at, when you look at upper air maps and you're looking at jet stream forecasts, it looks like we have those really potent jet pointed at us. So everybody thinks, oh my gosh, these storms are going to start riding this. And we're going to get tons of rain. And then all of a sudden, you know, we still get that jet component, but there's nothing to, you know, nothing's picked up by it. You know, we're still technically in a high pressure. You know, we're 
just close enough to the high pressure center where even though the jet is close to us, we're not going to get anything. So a lot of people are just like, okay, nothing. Well, and a lot of stuff hinges on the jet, you know, and so the exact placement of it can really impact what a, a specific area gets or doesn't get. So that's definitely something that people watch closely. So, right. You know, and just, you know, we'll get in the forecast here in a minute, but it's one of those things that we need, you know, to definitely watch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, we'll get into the forecast in a minute. And, you know, I, I love my guys that work out at the National Weather Service Portland office. They're good dudes. I'm friends with most of them. But you know it's slow when they put out this morning's area forecast discussion, and it's six paragraphs long. Yeah. 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 And it all hinges on we need to watch this because this could happen. And that's the extent of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I'll I'll pop into one paragraph right now. So they're looking at a possible front devolving into a loose barrow clinic zone uh over western Oregon tonight and tomorrow. Tonight, mostly cloudy and moderate. The position of this zone tonight will have significant impact on our weather Monday and Tuesday as a compact but vigorous low-pressure system approaches and moves onshore into the pack northwest. This system presently out toward 42 north, 155 west, and is beginning to tap into the above-mentioned atmospheric river extended north-northeast from Hawaii while moving quickly eastward. While no model depicts this low as being particularly strong, would not be surprised if they are a bit on the weak side due to the activity associated with it. For now, most guidance brings this low onshore within 100 miles of Astoria as a 1,000 millibar low with some sort of secondary low swinging onshore just behind it. Stronger winds appear unlikely to the system, even if the low strengthens another 48 millibars than presently expected. Even the strongest ensemble members suggest gusting out about 45 miles an hour along the coast and 30 to 35 miles inland as the low moves show. Um, low, I can't talk. The low moves huh. onshore Monday afternoon or evening. So we're picking apart 1,000 millibar low, lows now. <laughs> uh, grasping at straws at this point. Apparently so. <laughs> Just hoping something happens. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, this is cool. Then then the next paragraph goes into basically break down how much possible moisture is available. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's like, okay. (laughs) Oh, oh boy. So, yeah, we're at that time of year where we're just we're grasping. We're waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Yeah. These lulls like this are just agonizing. They're not fun. So hopefully something changes. Hopefully some decent patterns you know, change coming up for the country, but I don't see that really at this point. Yeah, it's, yeah, okay, so the trough in the West Coast is going to be nice, but it's not going to be anything like you guys just saw. Yeah, right. we're going to get a little bit colder air. Yes, we have mountain snow finally, rain for most of us, but it's not a shot of Arctic air. No. Which is really a bummer. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's a bummer that the last shot didn't do a lot as far as precipitation goes. So right. at least it was record-breaking, though, and it did, you know, cause a stir and everything. But we'll just see as far as actual weather and precipitation goes. Hopefully that happens for us, you guys, everybody. Right, because it's about time. We need Yeah, it. yeah. All right, well, uh, one of the exciting things about the show, in addition to the stickers 
is that we are now <laughs> Weather Ready Nation ambassadors. So, Bonnie, congratulations. Ooh, that is so exciting. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, it's an initiative, obviously, if you have listened to our show for a while, you know we are part of the National Weather Podcast Month, which is coming up here in February, which I can't yeah. believe that's now three months away. Right. Time has flown by. But it really has. One of the things that we do with that in the collection with the other podcasts is that we are all, you know, talk about weather-readiness. Is that even a <laughs> word? No, that's, that's it word. is now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> to be weather-ready. And so the weddy, oh gosh, again, I can't talk. It's It's been one of those days. <laughs> My next official day off is January 5th. So just wrap your mind around that. So I'm sure I'll be delirious yeah. from here until then on the podcast. It'll be great. Tune in. You can hear Bobby go crazy. <laughs> you need to try to squeeze in a nap. Uh, I'm going to try. Unlikely. Uh, <laughs> the Weather Ready Nation Ambassador Initiative is National Weather Service um, and NOAA um, to formally recognize partners who are improving the nation's readiness, responsiveness, and overall resilience against extreme weather, water, and climate events. As an ambassador, partners commit to work with NOAA and other ambassadors to strengthen national resilience against extreme weather. In effect, the ambassador initiative helps unify the efforts across government, nonprofits, academia, and private industry while making the nation more weather-ready, responsive, and resilient against extreme environmental hazards. How many times do they use the word resilient? <laughs> it's important to be resilient. It is. Um, it's a strategic outcome where society's response should be equal to the risk from all, stream, uh, all extreme weather, water, and climate issues. By the way, we follow a couple awesome people on Twitter that are emergency managers. Mm-hmm. And I won't name them because I don't know if they want me talking about them, and that's fine. But one of them had a great tweet this week, and I hope you saw it. People were asking this girl, what do you do? She goes, well, I'm an emergency manager. And they just kind of stared at her like, what does that mean? She goes, basically, I'm a party planner. <laughs> I plan for the big events, and then I stick around to clean up afterwards. <laughs> Yes, that is perfect. And it makes total sense. It does. That's great. I love that. Oh, it's amazing. So That's perfect. <laughs> so again, it's part of the, you know, the whole initiative to create the wedding. I guess again, I can't let's see. I want to say wedding and I just can't. The weather wedding. Yes. <laughs> There's your promo it's cut okay. for Bobby this week. <laughs> Bonnie's talking about everybody hates Raymond and Bobby can't talk. <laughs> Uh, See, hey, they, this is just one of those, you know, high on life and drunken podcasts. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. I wish I was drunk. That's the problem. Well, you've got that ginger ale. Yeah, like. I got ginger ale and cheeses. That's my breakfast this morning. <laughs> what do you do? Maybe I, that's why you're struggling with the words. Oh, it could be. Well, there is also a, a hyphen in the actual word weather ready. So I'm just, mm. I'm my brain combines it to what I see. I, I, even when I try not to say it, I say it, and that's just great. <laughs> oh. oh, please help me. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyways, so we are Weather Ready Nation Ambassadors. We're excited about this. We'll have much more of the stuff that we're doing coming up on the shows um, as we go forward. Even if I can't talk, we'll make it work. But That's right. Man, uh, just something cool. It's really uh, something I know that's close to your heart and mine, and we want to be able to help, you know, people become weather ready because it really is important. 
to have a plan set in place for any type of extreme weather event, um, whether it be tornadoes for you in the Midwest or flooding or severe snow or windstorms for us here in the Northwest, um, it's important to be ready. It's just important to have a plan. Exactly. It's better to have a plan and not need it yep. than need a plan and not have one. So yep. I would rather have one than never need it versus, as you just said, yep. you know, need a plan and not have one. So. Well, and luck favors the prepared. So if you're true. ready, then maybe you'll have a little luck on your side. So. That is so very true. All right. What do you guys have coming up forecast-wise for Oklahoma? Uh, most of the week, uh, we're going to be nice, um, sunny, partly cloudy a little bit. Um, highs in the upper 60s, near 70, lows in the 40s. So that'll be kind of nice. Chilly mornings, pleasant afternoons. Um, later this week, around Thursday, we have a little cold front coming in. Um, as of now, it's a little cold front. Who knows? It might be more intense later, but it'll just knock us down into the upper 50s, give us a little bit of rain chances. Um, but that's where we're at. It's kind of nice, though, some pleasant weather. I've been leaving the dog outside a lot, and he's been running around like a fool, so that's nice. nice. Shout out to Clyde, the third member of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. He's taking a nap right now. Maybe you should be like Clyde. Right. Be like Clyde, take a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. We'll see. But uh, out here in the Pacific Northwest, Portland specifically, uh, like I said, it's raining right now. That's going to stick around for the rest of the day. Um, get some fog into tonight. Uh, we stay in this wet pattern uh, through at least Tuesday. Uh, rain tomorrow. Again, anywhere between a tenth of an inch and a quarter of an inch possible. Light winds. Uh, nothing to shake a stick at. And here's how you know we just talked about the National West. I was really diving in and trying to grasp at straws. My individual zone forecast is calling tomorrow or tonight. Yeah, tomorrow night when this storm is supposed to come in for winds south 9 to 11 miles an hour. Oh, woo. Hold oh, on to your hats. Yeah, can't wait for that. I'm going to have to install, you know, an uh, anemometer just to make sure I get all of that wind action. Um, random fact about an anemometer. I was at Home Depot the other day. Yes. Yeah, I go to Home Depot and they have an anemometer on top of the roof. Really? Yeah. Did you talk to them about it? No. Oh. <laughs> but I will. But yeah. I was like, hmm, I wonder what they need that for. See if they're on, see if it's online. I'm sure you know they could be part of the you know Mesonet network or you know part of the um, the co-op. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll look it up and see see if it says anything. I do that around here. There's nobody in, in like I want to say an eight or nine block you know, radius of my house that actually has a weather station that's online. So I'm really disappointed about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the more that are around, the better, you know? Yes. Everybody should have one on their house. Unfortunately, I don't think I can put one up on mine. I'm going to have to double check that, though. But we'll see. If the HOA will allow it. And don't even get me started on that. Yeah, I don't have an HOA. <laughs> You're lucky. You are lucky. Anyways, um, showers tomorrow, and then Tuesday, showers again. And then starting Tuesday night through the next part of the weekend, we dry out. Sunny high 53. Sunny high 53. Sunny high 51. Sunny 50. <laughs> it's like rinse and repeat. So. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? That might be nice. Just a nice steady <clears throat> pattern for a couple days. It is. And just keep it that way for a while. Um, and then bring out winter, but yeah, not a whole lot happening. Um, a little disturbance and that's kind of it. So we'll just keep grasping at those straws until something happens. What you got to do, right? You got to make it happen. 
gotta make it but happen. a lot changes in you know a five to ten day period so that is true it could happen at any time so that is true uh, gotta be patient. Yeah, you do. You just kind of wait. I mean, and we talked about it a lot. We talked about it last year, or earlier this year with the tropics. Man, That's the tropics seasons are dead. And all it takes is just one little pattern shift and poof. You know, you get nine storms lined up back to back to back, and then you got, you know, a mega cat five. And speaking of cat five and Dorian, did you see the story that they found cows that were relocated off one of the islands? They were found on another island. <gasps> no. So cows float in water, right? They also they float. Fit. Yes, cows float. Why is it because they have rudders? I'm just kidding. It's udders. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. So they float. Yeah. So the cows float, and apparently they float and were blown, <laughs> as we know that happens um, in hurricanes. With other boats, they get blown to other areas. And so they found these other cows on other islands. Wow. And they were all okay, or most of them um, were okay? I didn't, I, they didn't really go into detail about if they had lost any. They just were amazed at the fact that Dorian was a very effective cowboy. <laughs> well, and talk about resilient. Those cows are resilient. So. Right? Um, if you go back and look at the final forecast discussion from NWS New Orleans mm-hmm. right before Katrina came in and you look at the language they use and we've talked about this on the show and we've talked about this in other case studies where if you can effectively communicate what the weather can do in a severe extreme it mentions this where it says, if you stay, chances are you will lose your life, your house will be destroyed, animals will be killed, trees will be stripped of bark, and just, I mean, it just goes down this laundry list of things that will happen. So, yes, I mean, cows are very resilient. We know that animals, you know, especially like in the Midwest where they can sense, you know, weather is coming, they leave. We, you know, we see in the movie Twister, we see it in, you know, a lot of other documentaries that you know, document severe weather where there's livestock and they realize, hey, something's not right. We need to get out of here. And so they take off running. So they, you know, they have that that instinct. Yeah. But, you know, with Dorian being so strong, I'm surprised that there weren't more animals killed. And I'm sure that we will eventually hear that that's probably the case. But, yeah, cows do float. They don't swim very well, but they can swim. So they basically were like, you know, a boat in a bay where the wind pushed them basically downstream and so they were able to survive but um for a cow to survive dorian and if it was in the eye wall or close to the you know center of the storm that's pretty impressive i'm not gonna lie well it sounds like you know when you're in a car wreck it's better to be like all loosey-goosey and that yes you'll you'll get less injured that way maybe it's the same thing they were like eh, we're just gonna go with the flow if he blows us this way then we're just gonna go this way you know what i'm saying and just kind of right rolled with it so apparently it's up to three cows i'm not sure <laughs> just till three <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, poor I'm, little I'm pulling this i'm pulling this up, up right now so, 
I'm going to pull up the article right now. So, cow swept away by Hurricane Dorian found alive three months later. Wow, just chewing on some grass. Yeah, cows thought to be if completely swept away by Dorian were found about three miles from where the animals had been living before the Category 1 hurricane hit. So this looks like North Carolina. Okay. National Park officials believe three cows swam to their new home on the North Carolina coast <laughs> as they fought the surge from the storm. A group of 28 wild horses and at least 20 wild cows disappeared after the storm in September were thought to be long gone. The cows have been living on the island for years and have always found a way to survive, said Pam Flynn. It's an amazing story to be swept up by a nine-foot-plus surge of water that's coming back and filling up the sounds, and it's just coming. It's not stopping. It's just moving forward with a lot of force. While most people do not think cows are swimmers, these animals prove that they can actually are. Flynn and other residents were the first to find the cows, who seem to be doing just fine in the new home. I guess if horses can swim, I guess cows can, said Flynn. Highlight of our day, week, month, and year. <laughs> For real. Hey, you know what, though? Moose can swim, too, so it really yes, does make sense if a cow can. You yes, know? they can. Uh, most, animal, most mammals can swim. Moose, deer. I just feel like with those stick legs and hooves, like, what, like, what, you know, it's like swimming with a pencil. Like, what are you doing? You mean, like, swimming with a rudder? <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, with cows, Indiv- it makes sense. The individual, they have boating parts. Yeah, well, the individual rudders or udders, you know, actually can, you know, function as, you know, steering path. I have no idea. We're making this up now. <laughs> oh, man, I love cows. Today on B-Squared, Bobby and Bonnie pretend that they are biologists and talk about cows. Right? We totally know what's going on in nature with animals and stuff. <laughs> we so we totally get it. We so do. Anyways... Good times. So, yeah, so cows <laughs> survived Dorian. Congratulations. Um, not in the Category 5, but in the Category 1 off the coast of North Carolina. But, see, they do float and swim. It makes sense. Yes. I mean, again, they're part boat, so it makes sense. Yeah. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Boom. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but, um, again, stickers are in if you guys want one. Hit us up at Weather Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Again, reply that you want one, and then we'll reach out to you for your address or slide into our DMs and just drop your name and address, and we'll get one of the stickers out to you in the mail. But we're excited to have them. Uh, they make great stocking stuffers, like Bonnie said in her tweet earlier this week. So if you guys want one for Christmas um, or whatever holidays you want to celebrate, let us know. They are a proper gift to be celebrated year-round. That's what I'm saying. We make it happen here on B-Squared. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, Bonnie, another great addition of the show. Hopefully, we will get more cold weather. Hopefully, we actually get some rain that's meaningful and some snow that's meaningful, but I'm not holding my breath yet. Right. I know. It sounds like another kind of boring week, but hey, we'll see what happens next week. Exactly. We will talk to you guys soon. Bye.